Connected, connected music's coming. Tax the rich, feed the poor, tell there are no rich no more. And there we go. Get the old music bed out of the way and see if we can get the program started here this morning. It's the Wednesday. I'm pretty sure it's Wednesday edition, seventh uh, of September. Radio Ranch, Roger Sales and the gang with you here on the Eurofolk Radio Network. If you're listening streaming, and if you're not, you're listening with us or you're listening on a podcast. Welcome in any respect. Got a nice group of folks on the board this morning. So hope everybody's doing well. Uh, my voice is still, it seems, a little bit uh, weird, and um, I guess it's just from doing so much radio. I don't, I don't know where it came from. Um, I, Monday before the Wells show, I came home and I just laid down for a little bit. And I was kind of sleeping, and that's when Brendy called, of course, and woke you know woke me up. Happy to talk to her, obviously, but. When I got up to speak with her, I had this weird voice, and I guess it's just from doing so much radio here lately and the two shows on Sunday and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, I rested it all last night and this morning. It's a little bit better, but I still feel a little bit. I'm not sick. It's just this voice thing, so don't know where it's coming from. I'll try and rest it again, and it's probably good because yesterday while I was at lunch, Brendy called again, and I missed the call uh, and because uh, I didn't hear it, I guess, at lunch. I, I just hate, I hate cell phones. And uh, so anyway, I got the message, and she said, call her when I got home, and I did, and they wanted me on last night, which I'm kind of glad that I missed the call because my voice is in pretty bad shape, so um at least to me and uh so we're going to reschedule for next week she said she'd call me on monday uh so i'll be back on there next week they got a overwhelming that's what she told me overwhelming response to the program so i don't know how context to take that in but uh i guess i'd put it in the good side and uh, must have been somewhat unusual for him because she was pretty excited about telling me about it on the phone yesterday so that's uh that's good news and we'll see john wants to talk to me and she was going to give me his number and i don't have a pencil and paper and my eyesight and everything i said just send it to me in an email if you would and she hadn't sent it yet so uh i guess he and i'll speak uh personally here coming days so anyway that's all good news i think um don't know we got anybody on the board here this morning that found us through the caravan to midnight show on monday anybody? i got a voice tip for you real quick okay a, a voice if you take uh make yourself some some lemonade with no sugar we can do plenty of that down here sip on it yeah well without the sugar though something something uh acidic like that and just sip on it and and it'll It'll clean up your throat and your vocal cords. Okay. Well, I may just very well do that. I got to go. I guess it doesn't raise your pH. Okay. Well, I got some lemon juice hanging around here. I can probably stick that in some water and try. It's good for you anyway. It alkalizes your system. Even though, it's funny, even though lemons and citrus are acidic, when they get in your system, they evidently turn alkali. So it's just kind of interesting. 
Uh, I know uh, Dr. Lynn Horowitz used to say drink a lemon in lemon juice in, in water every day. Um, not a bad tip. So anyway, we'll see. It'll get better. It's a little bit better this morning. It's still kind of raspy. And uh, unusual to get that for me is I, I, it has to be from doing so much radio and those two shows on Sunday and seven days a week and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, had a nice lunch yesterday and uh, a pretty good day, I guess, overall. I was still kind of stunned from Monday night, I think, yesterday. Uh, so it's kind of a strange psychological feeling and uh, getting back to a little bit of normal. You know, you work work so hard so long to achieve a goal and and you reach a goal like that and uh it's almost anticlimactic on the other side you know and uh, i haven't been getting the flood of emails and stuff because i guess uh, you know john and uh, brindy they do a real nice job on putting up individual show information and all the places you can get their program and all how to access my websites and stuff so i guess i haven't gotten too many emails from that so not to the point of being swamped anyway which is all right so uh, tell you i can tell you the web server is getting pummeled is it 1700 percent increase over the last week right you told me that you told us that yesterday that's not 1700 hits that's 17 times the number number yep well, hopefully a lot of folks are listening to some of those good interviews on there and getting some information. I got a real I got a real sad email this morning from the show actually uh through the website and uh not yours the other one. And um it was a lady she goes I've got real bad uh, multiple sclerosis. I'm in a nursing home and I'm on Medicare and Medicaid and this that and the other will it hurt me if I do this? I just broke my heart, you know. And uh, I wrote her back, and I just said her, her name uh, was Heather, and uh, I believe. And I said, "Well, Heather, uh, I'm I'm so sorry about your situation, and all I can tell you is what I can tell everybody else. Okay, uh, it is I've, I've been helping folks do this for eleven and a half years, going on twelve, and never one time has anybody gotten back to me with any report of anything bad happening in their lives, any aspect of it, by filing this paperwork. So, uh, and I have to assume that if somebody had a backlash like that, that they would find a way to get a hold of me, you know. And, all right, because I get these, Roger, Roger, help, help, emails occasionally on bluff letters and stuff. So, uh, anyway, I think we're on real solid ground, and I felt real sorry for her, and I sent her the website, and we'll see what happens. Um, so, that's about all I got to report this morning. Um, does uh, anybody have anything they wanted to bring to the forefront for us? Yeah, Roger, I do. Okay, who's you? Paul, Oklahoma. Oh, hey, Paul. I was. Where you file this? I mean, do, do you all find that as ridiculous as I do, in all honesty? Sounds like David Strait. I, I mean, and these people hear it, and they just pair. I'm a living man on the land. Well, what were you before, a dead man in the grave? Created by God. Uh, I, I mean, it's just, and, and I, I got to go back and unlearn all that crap with people. It's just, it, it's aggravating for me because it's a time waster. Okay, it wastes my time. It wastes my energy. And where we could be doing something constructive, I guess it's just a fact of what we do in the world we live in. 
But good God, there's a lot of people with terrible information out there just parroting it like Polly. A living man on the land. Walk, walk. Hey, Roger, I have a, a, a question. I'm relatively new. Okay. Hi, Rel. Well, hold on just a second. I need uh, your name's not relatively, and your last name's not new. So, Nate, is that you, Nadine? That's me. That's me. Okay, sweetie. Okay. Yeah. What's the difference between a sovereign and a national? Well, uh, you want to get a sovereign is basically the same thing. But you see, we're talking here about words that they've used to be able to pull this off. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so they've used two phrases that I've seen national and u.s national and those are the only two labels i've seen them to identify this status in anything i've ever looked at okay so we start coming in and using terms like sovereign citizen and that's not in their rules okay and we've had a lot of people that were pumping bad information out like tim turner who's sitting in federal prison right now and david Strait, who's still out there indoctrinating people using that term and so mm-hmm. the when it's excuse me the voice thing again today when tim turner first started going around the country in the middle of the night from town to town hey tim's in town tim's in town and he'd get a bunch of people that'd get in the grapevine and come hear him and pay money for it and he was teaching people to file all these ucc1 forms at the property records office and all the rest of this crap okay and the fbi actually they use that to be able to demonize the the uh, what we're doing because most people don't understand these fine point nuances and what's going on Okay, so they use the term sovereign citizen. So the FBI, well, the Southern Poverty Law Center got on it, and then they got the FBI to open a sovereign citizen squad. Did you know that, Nadine? No, I didn't. If you go around, you can get in a situation where you'll use that term or somebody will use it against you because of your stance, and they'll call the FBI unit on you. Mm. Okay. So you see, the key, again, the key to the matrix, our purposes, is knowing the scheme, knowing the exact words that identify the definitions and the concept, and using those words. They've got to react to them because they're the words that they've got in their laws, and that definition is attached to them. And that's my objection with people. I'm a state national. Where's that? Find that in the regulations or the statutes for me, would you please? I mean, they're not going to give you anything like that that goes back to state citizen. That's why they changed it to national. But our people always want to change stuff. Mm-hmm. They do. I don't know why. It boggles my mind. Using their words against them is the key to the matrix. No, I want to use another word. I want it to be my own. I've learned so much. I've studied so many years. All that kind of attitude. Okay. Use their words. Technically, Nadine, the sovereign is the, the one that controls, like a sovereign country. Mm-hmm. And you control as a national because you got these God-given rights, but you don't want to use that terminology. Okay. See, that's how they trip us up. 
Mm-hmm. Are you a resident? Sure, I live over there. Bam, they got yeah. you. Um, yeah. I believe the the form of the word comes from over rain, as in the highest authority overseeing everything around. Could be. Uh, my suggestion to all you folks is you purge that word from your lexicon. Just don't use it. I, I I was astounded when somebody called in here one day and said David Strait has that in his 31-page affidavit. He's got the term sovereign citizen in the affidavit that he's held, showing people and selling them to sign. Send him. It boggles my mind. But regardless, I know that using their words with the definitions that they've gone to painstaking degrees uh, uh, to to put into them and hide them, using those words is the key to opening the door. Use other words, the key's not going to work. Only God is sovereign. All right, hold on. Who is that? Only God is sovereign. Just tell anybody ask if you're sovereign or using that word. Okay, I'll get you. Yeah, and I think Just Dan. Tell God, I, I, that's a good answer. Anybody? It is. It's the only answer because. And I am getting back to our, our uh, rights. Our rights are God given. This is Diane. Hold on, Diane. I'll get to you in a Hold second. On, okay. In that our rights are God given, and that's what this is all about: restoring our God given rights through the Constitution, and that we are residents of the kingdom of heaven because of all this, then we should always be mindful of the Father. And if somebody ever says to you, sovereign, even uses the word, you just smile and look at him and you say, well, only God is sovereign. You could use that. That's, and a very, shut him up. that's a very good comment. And also the way that I've told people to handle it, if anybody accuses you of that, because just like Mike going into the registrar's office, and we get a lot of those sovereign citizen things. Oh, no, 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 no. Are you a sovereign citizen? No, Lord of mercy. I'd never be one of those. No, no, I'm a national. Thank you very much. Uh, Diane, how can we help you, sweetie? Yes, uh, I mailed in all those people today. Good for you. (laughs) I mean, the sheriff, the police, uh, the coroner, uh, health department, and there was another one in there. Well, my question is, should I take my name off of the voter's registration? I, I don't I don't know. I, I don't know if I can advise you on that. That's kind of your decision. Uh, I mean, what we've said. What, 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 what we've suggested people do in this voting thing is uh-huh. to go into your supervisor of elections, take your affidavit in there, and tell them you'd like to change your voting status from a voter to an elector. Nope. Okay. Now, I don't know how they're going to react. I don't know how they're going to react. Okay. I'll give you the story on this here. You're, okay. Many years ago, 27 or so years ago, after John and Glenn got raided and they moved out of Las Vegas and went back to Nevada or uh, Utah, and uh, they decided to run for office. And John ran against Orrin Hatch, very famous senator. And Glenn was running against whoever the representative was. And they went into the registrar's office back then and got changed from a voter to an elector. And we didn't know about the Secretary of State back then. Okay, So there wasn't any affidavits sent to him to change status because we didn't know about it. 
but they got that changed and I, they got out on the campaign trail and started talking all this tax stuff and i i think that really in my mind when the feds decided to come after them uh and ended up it took them five years to get them convicted because they were so adept in the courtroom and with legal stuff, and every time the court would do something, they'd uh, appeal it to the Tenth Circuit in Denver, so it had to go through the appellate level thing on whatever that point was, and they'd issue a ruling, and then they'd start the district court uh, uh, district court proceedings again. And it took them five years, okay? Um, so anyway, uh, I, that's what I've always suggested people do. Now, Jeff tried to do that in dallas in plano where he lives and i think they looked at him like he had two eyes and he's got an email into the secretary of state of texas right now asking for some definition and some direction on this so we're well, we, you were all learning you know the, i mean areas like this as i keep telling you guys the event is when you cross paths with this information the rest of the time you're in a process and these are the okay, processes so we're dealing I, with okay go ahead so when I vote, the main voting is down at the Johnson County Court. This is in Franklin, Indiana. So can I take my affidavit down there and do this? Well, you, can, you better to. go talk to the supervisor first, okay, and see if you can change and just see what they say and, and what obstacles or what cooperation you get. And then after that, you'd be changed on the voting rolls, and I don't think you'd have to carry your affidavit with you anywhere. Okay, because I know when the the when I got the uh, notary to notarize, you know, the statement that I basically, you know, was a carbon copy of what you sent me. I didn't want to mess up any in the, any of the wording, um, but she looked at me like I was from somewhere else. Yeah, oh yeah. I said, I said that's okay. I I know what it says. <laughs> So. Uh, you know, and see, part now. Uh, this is again why I come back and preach: learn, learn the information, learn the information, because now all of you folks in all these situations you deal in day to day, you're an educator now too. Yeah, hey, I, and there's another question. I was looking on. They said to send the car copies to, like you know, the sheriff, the chief of police, and all that. But then there's something on there: the highway commissioner. And I looked for that around, and, and we got Diane. We got I people that they, we got people that want to notice everybody under the sun. Okay, Chris recently, our our buddy Chris up in Nashville, uh, went and noticed his uh, his uh, savings and loan that he's had an account with for twenty something years. Okay, oh, and the I savings and loan came back and took his debit card away. Now, what Chris said, he said, "I go in there all the time. I don't. I've never used the debit card the whole time I've had it." But the bank, because of the notice, took the debit card away from him. Now, the, here's the cloud. Here's the silver lining. So he goes back and starts talking to the people at the bank of the savings and loan because he's got a good relationship with them and asked for the person that notified him of this. And the, it was a female came down and spoke with him, and she relayed it to the attorney up there, and the attorney wants more information. Wow. Okay. This is Mike. Hold on, Mike. We'll get you in a second. Uh, let Diane get out of the. Has somebody got a, a hungry bird outside? That's me. Sorry. <laughs> what was that? A hawk? I, I uh, guess. 
anyway, um, that's, you know, I, I'm just wondering if there's anybody else I need to send anything to. Well, I, and I, you know, I got to leave that up to you folks. I, I gave you the main people that I know of in just a generic. I've got, I've got a complex. I've got a complex question. Well, you're okay. gonna. I'm gonna get you a complex answer because Mike's gonna tell you all the stuff he's done. But let me get well, finished. What's your complex this, question? Okay, my husband. You want that? Able Okay, so when he goes. Hold on, hold on. I got. I didn't hear what you said. Your husband, what? He's a disabled veteran. Okay. Okay, so when he goes down to pay taxes because of that through the VA, they cover the property taxes. So. When it shows up here, you need to pop your case. Okay, Bob. Bob uh, it's Bob. Does that affect me? Anymore? Hold on. I'm, I'm totally disjointed. Let's see if we can. Your husband's disabled. When he goes to the VA, they waive the property taxes because of his disability. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. So your question is? Do I need to do anything pertaining to the property on my end because it, we are joint? Okay. I wouldn't think so. Do you, is your hus- does your husband want to do this with you? Uh, not really. He, okay. Well, then leave him in the system and take advantage of those things and you should be out of the system. <laughs> I, I When I first heard you, I thought, I'm getting out of this corruption this, right this i don't even have the words it's worse it, than that. It's evil yes it's yep. evil. well it's it's hard it's hard to identify it with adjectives because there's about 15 of them you can put on there oh my do you think and i listen to a lot of different alternative news i don't listen to propaganda and what i've heard floating around that uh, maybe another lockdown do you have That's, you heard any? I, I've I've heard rumors of that for some time. I know one thing: they they've got a real big problem on their hands. Okay, you got an upcoming election. They've showed their hand and pressed their agenda so much that if that election is allowed to go on in any any kind of honest setting, they're going to get wiped out, and they know it. These are power-hungry people. Look what they've gone to to achieve the power they've got now. You think they're going to risk giving it up in uh, in November? Uh, I doubt it. Okay. I, that's why I'm. Well, I know. Well, what I don't. I listen. I have no idea what they're going to pull. Whether it's going to be a lockdown and you have to use mail-in ballots. Whether we're going to get some sort of a false flag and martial law. I know one thing. I know. That. Well, I know these people real damn well. I've been studying with them elbow to elbow with them for thirty years. Okay, and I can tell you this: they're capable of anything. There's nothing that is any objection to them, and they're particularly dangerous now because. They're backed into a corner, which makes them even more dangerous and unpredictable. Sorry for okay. banging. Sorry for banging the liar. Oh, okay. Also, now since I've sent in all this, would I get any? I don't even know of anybody in my area. I haven't heard anybody talk about this, and it was just—I know it was a divine providence of God that I heard you Monday evening. I know that. So, is there any way I would get any problems from all the agencies that I sent my? Uh, well, you, you shouldn't. You, you shouldn't because they should have no jurisdiction over you anymore. Okay. Okay. I just don't. Right, let's go. Know. Let's go back. Let's go back over this. Because Diane, you said, did you just hear me Monday on John Wells, or you've been around for a little bit? No, not not this. 
And I, yes, I just heard you that John Wells Monday night, but prior to that, the Monday prior to that, okay. I heard you for the first time, and that's when I was sending in everything to the Secretary of State. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't, you didn't, let, you didn't let much grass grow under your feet there, did you? <clears throat> well, I'm, I'm you're a perfect example of somebody that the information really hits and motivates and resonates with. Okay. They're they're just they're just totally evil, wicked, corruption, devious. I mean, any kind of evil, we're wicked. I'm like, ugh, the devil well, on two. Well, they're 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 just despicable. I'd say despicable human beings, but I'm not sure they're human beings. I've I've heard some people talking lately about how they're the uh, the uh, 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 what do you know, the hereditament of the nephilim. That they're not well, giants anymore, but they've because they've lost their giant size. But that we're dealing with the Nephilim. I don't know. I, I personally think they are de- demonic, demon possessed. Well, there's no doubt about that. And you know, I don't. Have you heard me? Give, this is the thing that hit me fairly recently. You know, in the Bible, of course. Now you got Orthodox and you got Reform in the Judea in the Judeacts. Okay. And there's probably uh-huh. some other splinters, all the Ludovichers and got all these wacko people, man. And so um, both of them claim to be Jews, okay? So if you go into, and it's funny because the Orthodox follow the first five books of the Bible. It's the Reformed people that follow the Talmud, all right? And so uh-huh. if you go into Genesis, and again in the first of Numbers, and you got pages and pages and pages and pages upon pages of the begats. So and so begat, so and so begat, so and so. There's pages yeah. of them, right? I know. <laughs> okay. Every one of those are male. And the only way you're a Jew and the only way you get a right to return to Israel is if your mother is a female and it's passed down through the matrial side. So how the hell can these people be the people of the book, even the Orthodox, that use the first five books? Hmm. I mean, somebody tell me, please, because I can't come up with an answer except that they're imposters totally. Now, hey, I listened to um, most of what Brent spoke last Friday, and I have a question for him on this Friday, and I can't wait to ask to hear the reply. And it's so good. Okay, great. Well, we'll wait till Friday. Yeah. Oh. Now, Mike was trying to add something because Mike is the one that's noticed some additional people there in Alabama. And his idea, I can't, I'm not going to say it's good or bad, you know. But, Mike, why don't you tell Diane all the notices you sent out on top of the basic ones? Uh, Diane, what state do you live in? Indiana. Oh, okay, that's where I was born. Uh, you need to find out who controls the issuance of driver's license and notify that person. Okay, let's find oh, out. Let, hold on. Let, let's find out something from Diane. You, are you talking about the Bureau of Motor Vehicles? Whoever the bureaucrat controls the issuance of driver's license. Okay, now here. Now, Diane, hold on. I don't want you to get froth, frothing at the mouth here, okay? <laughs> Mike is driving in a custom tag with only his passport card and no driver's license. Oh, you're saving some money. Yes, he is. But <laughs> he also knows his stuff, and he can be belligerent when he's stopped on the side of the road. 
okay, with a sub IQ IQ uh, police now officer. Here's a question for him: Since I am a private pilot and I have to carry with me a photo ID, which is usually a driver's license, and then the card, the passport card, doesn't pertain to flying and it doesn't have your photo id on there does he know anything about that well it has your photo on there and it is an id but it doesn't have your address that's the difference okay all right so i'd forgotten you were a private pilot do you ever drive in commerce um not really i mean you're talking about if i go rent a car no, I'm talking about if you uh, if you're driving in either hauling people or goods for hire or doing no. any type of commerce in your daily activities. No. Okay. Well, then you don't technically have to have a driver's license. So now the next question is: Do you want to go around driving without a driver's license and uh, take the chance on being challenged? Well. It takes a lot to intimidate me. Well, you know, here, here's, again, I'm going to revert back to what I preach around here. You know, I guess this is a ministry for me of sorts. Learn the information. Learn the information. If you mm-hmm. don't know the information and you're driving around without a car with custom tags and a, and a passport card on and you get stopped, you will not a, be able to explain yourself or be belligerent. That's probably not a good example because you don't want to be belligerent with a sub-100 IQ police officer in any respect. Okay, <laughs> You can get... I, I- but that book, I, I got on Brent's website, and I was looking. You don't talk to the police. You don't say anything. Right, right. <laughs> One word. <laughs> so, Wait. you know, when you come to these forks in the road, if you will, uh-huh. it depends on you. It depends on how, how, how much you know, how firmly you believe in your stance, how 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 belligerent you can be in defending it. Now, it doesn't mean picking up a baseball bat and hitting the guy, okay? It just means standing up for your position and your, your situation. And you can't do that unless you know the information and have command of it. That's right. Okay, so that I, everything always goes back to that right there, and I'll say it again. I do not charge you people for this information that I've spent 30 years of my life understanding. You, what you pay me is you go in and learn the information and have command of it. That's your payment. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yes. So that that is truly the way. See, the only way what I'm doing this for, and I hope what all of you would like to do this for, is not a selfish thing on your part, but something you can do to possibly combine with others and affect change. We want right. to affect change. If, if they would, this scenario, if they would declare martial law, could I get out of the house, or would I get shot? Well, you, I don't know. A Nash- I don't. I don't know. Take a chance. <laughs> well, I mean, you're dealing with. You know, it wasn't too far from you up there when I was a kid. They had this incident called Kent State. Okay, where some people were protesting. They called in the National Guard, and they ended up killing a bunch of them. Okay. Oh wow. You you don't remember that? Not really. Well, you might want to look back on it. It was in the 60s. Kent, Kent State University is where it happened, just next to you over there in Ohio. 
Okay. Well, I'm, I was just a little kid then, so that's. <laughs> but, uh, but again, and people ask me, you know, all, uh, well, Roger, what happens when they don't recognize this, which is what you're basically asking. Okay. Well, I guess we all know well, what, uh, we all know what time it is then, don't we? No, it's time to buy the biggest shotgun you can afford. <laughs> so now it seems like all the, the younger people, they're all dumbed down. It's just uh, like. It's pathetic. You know, they just, I mean, just like they just don't know basic things like you would think. I oh. mean, a while back I went to the store, something four for a dollar. And the, the, the lady at the cash register, I told her what it was. She couldn't figure it out in her head. I'm like, God have mercy. Uh, have you watched any Mark, have you watched, watched any Mark Dice videos, Diana? You know who Mark I Dice heard, is? I've heard of I don't know who it is. What He's a guy that does little short stuff that that uh, has been. He's got quite a reputation and following, and he does little How short videos. D i c e Mark Dice. You can go on on BitChute and look up some of the stuff he does. Really interesting uh, things. But well, he gets out. He's in. He's in. Let me, let me finish here. He's in California, and he goes and just interviews people on the boardwalk by the beach. You know, and he's talking to these college kids. They went to UCLA. It was two girls. They were, they were students at UCLA, all right? And he's asking mm-hmm. questions like, what country is the Queen of England in? And they can't answer that. <laughs> oh, my. Now, That's it was serious, funny. dead serious. This is dead serious. <laughs> What's the capital of our country? Oh, uh, I don't know. Oh, wow. That's, oh, California. Well, hmm. I know, I know. Say we got some Californians on here. Don't offend them. It's they're they're, oh. they're in bad enough shape having to live out there. <laughs> oh my! With that, I mean, with Newsom, have mercy. Hey, listen. Oh. You want to know what they're doing now? I heard a whole deal on Alex had this big abort anti-abortion gal on there from some foundation that they run out in California. You know what they're doing now? They just passed the bills. They got about 15 bills going through the legislature that are in response to the overturning of R.V. Wade. California, California, it actually, Gavin Newsom's about to sign this, evidently, from what she said. They're opening the floodgates for anybody in the country that wants to come out to California and get an abortion. You contact California, they'll pay for your plane ticket, they'll pay for your room and board, it's abortion on demand, and you can even bring, if you got kids you didn't want to get rid of, but you want to get rid of this one, they got child care for your children while you're getting rid of the one you don't want. Oh, is that sickening? There's so many places around here, like, for example, Dick's Sporting Goods, Kroger Grocery Store. They'll pay the person, the, the woman, $4,000. You go get, you go and murder your child. And I'm like, it's sickening. I'm like, Listen, it's just. That's why the Bible easy. tells us, Revelation 18 tells us to come out of her, my people, come out of her. You, you want to remove yourself from this crap, and you want to have as little as you can do to have anything to do with these damn monsters because they're monsters. They're passing another bill in California where you can have the baby and you can still kill it for up to 28 days after it's born. That sounds like the previous governor in Virginia. Yes, they, they mentioned him. She mentioned him. She mentioned the, yeah. the frame of the governor of Virginia and what she was talking about yesterday. Oh, that's and how the people now, of California, California, can tell, 
can tolerate this when they can afford to pay for people's transportation and hotel bills, and now they're telling them not to use their big appliances. Yeah, and and the, they, in Los Angeles County, if you own a hotel, they've passed legislation there that applies to Los Angeles County where you've got to put homeless people in your hotel. Have mercy, I'd sell it and get out. Get okay, out. Go you got the. <laughs> They, they got rolling blackouts all through the damn country. They 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 they, they tell you not oh, don't charge your electric cars. You got to have an electric car, but don't charge it between these hours. All of that's going on, and they're paying to have women fly from all over the country to come abort their babies. Oh, that is so. Hey, God's God. I believe God's bringing judgment on. Holy this smoke! I, he he's got every reason to be pissed. I can tell you that. I mean, it's but I believe it's going to be like in the Old Testament, you know, where the Israelites had light. They had they didn't have all the plagues that were in Egypt. I believe I believe 100 percent that God will protect his people. He knows he knows the hairs on your head. And I've been in secret. I've been praying for you, Roger, about your vision that God would restore it because of all your kindness and all your work that you have shared. And I know God hears my prayers and he hears the prayers of others so when to agree as touching anything it shall be done you know and listen to this when god saw the the four men letting down the man that couldn't do anything jesus when he saw their faith he healed the man now he didn't see the man's faith he saw the four the four men letting him down and he healed him well i i don't know i have no idea i've got thoughts but i have no idea about the the eventual effectiveness of what we're doing here okay i've felt for i know how powerful it is i know how scared of it they are but what we haven't been able to have is numbers so we've been basically a remnant see and i can i can appreciate that i think the people that resonate to this message are the truth seekers they tell us about in the old testament and i believe we're the remnant okay if you go yeah. into that Revelation 18 verse and it says, Babylon, oh, Babylon, the great has fallen in an hour and the merchants oh. of the earth wail. Okay. After that is when it says, come out of her, my people, come out of her. Now, underneath mm-hmm. that, there's two verses that I call remedy verses because legally they're a remedy. All right. And it says, fill her cup double with what she served you. Serve her double what she served. Something to that effect. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, that's a remedy. That's a legal remedy. You got somebody's supposed to do something. Okay. And, and, uh-huh. and if we're not the remnant that's come out of her, who the heck's going to execute a remedy? And there's a great pun right there. Okay. And I do, I mean it literally because these bastards need to be executed. And this ain't no yeah. send them to jail, send them to some country club. These some bitches need to hang. Boy, and by the, I hear this one commentator, he's got his own thing. Hang them by the street lamps. That's what he says. Uh, well, there ain't enough street lamps. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's what he says. Uh, he says uh, about all this corruption going on. He says when the people find out, they're going to hang him up by the street lamps. Well, you see, here's and here's the advantage we've got. You couldn't access that remedy as a, as a citizen of the United States because you don't have access to the constitutional remedies. You only have access to the civil rights remedies. But uh-huh. now we file this. We've moved over to God-given rights. Now we got yeah. the constitutional protections. Now we have access to that remedy. 
Mm-hmm. Now, what I've done to share this with other people, I I took, you know, where they ask those two questions, even when you get your taxes done, you know, the first question and the second, and then they make you think, yes, it's going to be yes to each one, but actually it's going to be no. So I'm going to print that out and give it to my friend and share it and they can understand it because I'm not a teacher. I'm not an expert in that. You know, that's not what I've studied for years and years and years. And my thing is like, I'm more of a mechanical like aviation, (laughs) but um, to print that out and let them read that and then think on it. And I know my friend, she said anything with the government. And I told her some of the stuff she says, I believe it. I said, you do. She says, I believe it because they're so evil and wicked. Yep. And they are. And there are more people coming to that realization every day. And more people that come to that realization every day are looking for our message and open to it. Mm-hmm. They may not act on it. It might not resonate, but they're open to hearing it because they're looking for answers. See? Yes. I mean, and if there's any place else I need to send, I, I mean, I think I've got everything covered. You know, but I think you got, you know, we've really only within the last couple of years come up with this back back part of this. OK, See, I mean, for most years, I mean, that was God's timing that I seen you that I mean, I, I don't have time to sit around. I do some some news medias, not not the propaganda. And I and I hadn't turned on the, the Roku, whatever. I'm not into that stuff. My yeah, me either. That. And. And I'm like, I'm going to listen to Dr. Jane Ruby. I heard her. Oh, that you heard. You saw me on Mike Jim White. I I remember now. Yeah, it was on at seven o'clock on Monday night. And he said, get your pen, get your pen and your paper. You're going to want to take notes. I'm like, well, this is going to be good. Now, the other day I, I heard you say something about everything I have found out by the real truth has been by accident, but it's god in my opinion it's god a long time ago i found out about alex jones by accident from somebody saying they took down his website or off of youtube and all this i thought huh he must be (laughs) (laughs) now i you know so you said alex jones was a shield no i did no i did not i didn't say that murr's the one that's fond of saying that Oh, Alex Jones. Well, what's that mean, though? I don't. Alex has been a very controversial person for the whole time he's been on the air because he's so outspoken. And, uh, uh, you know, I was uh, I was on Joyce Riley's show. He's not on GCN anymore. I think they've separated GCN from this so that GCN, Genesis Communication Network, didn't get caught in any of this backlash of them going after Jones. Okay. Oh, I think that's what's happened, and he's got his own deal. He's separated from them, but he used to be on there. He used to be part owner of the network, I think. And uh, anyway, so Joyce was on every morning, and then Alex's show follows immediately after, and her crew always listened, or him and his crew always listened to Joyce because she had, you know, Joyce had a great show. Did you ever hear Joyce Riley? I've never heard of some of these okay. people. Okay, all right. Well, that. she was uh, she had a morning show on GCN that had five five point five million listeners all over the well, world. Okay, well, and, well I wasn't. <laughs> well, and, and so I knew oh. Joyce from her. She was the head of the vet, uh, Gulf War Vets 
Association and traveled around the country uh, supporting that. And that's how I met her when she came to Atlanta originally a couple of times. So when the book came out, I already knew her. We had a little bit of a relationship. And I wrote her and sent her the book. And she said, well, let's have you on. you know. And so I was on. Uh, GCN carries 22 minutes of spots an hour, 22 minutes of commercials an hour which makes it wow. extremely difficult for this type of information because there's so wow. many long interruptions that you lose train of thought between the commercial breaks, okay? And mm-hmm. so I was on there twice, and uh, Joyce never got it. I couldn't explain it as well as I can now back then. I'll, I'll, I'll give her that. But uh, I know that Alex's people or Alex heard those shows. I was on three times. The last time she let, she asked me to guest host the whole show when she was sick uh, right before she died of cancer. Okay. And so the last time I was, I had the whole three hours. All right. And uh, went over the timeline. First time I used the timeline uh, description of this. And so Alex in those days would say, anybody's got anything, send it to writers at infowars.com. So I sent my copy of my book. And uh, then I'd hear him on the air going how he got stopped and he got stopped speeding or something out in Nevada or some cop stopped him and said the first question they asked him when they came up to the window. What do you think the question was, Diane? I don't know. Are you are you a a citizen of the United States? Oh, wow. Okay, And so I every time he'd say something like that, I'd write a note to writer. Writers and him, like, hey man, Alex, you're using these words wrong. Da da da. Well, I never even got a reply. That's my frustration. Is all these years I've been trying to alert people like him and others, I've never even gotten a reply back from one of these people. Never the first one. My okay. Well, I guess so anyway, well, I'm I'm telling you my story here. Let me get you the background on Alex. So, Alex, okay. uh, early on, they had uh, they were they had an attempt at infiltrating them. Uh, with this company called Stratford, if I remember right. And uh, Alex is close-minded. He was really young and full of testosterone 20, 25 years ago, okay? If you think he's that way now, he's he's calm now, all right? But uh, a lot of people uh, uh, thought that Alex, he, for, for one thing, he's always been predisposed to not touch on the Jewish issue. His first wife was a Jewess. Oh. Okay. And and uh, so uh, there's just a lot of that type of stuff in there. At at one point, I've heard twice, listening to him after the book was released years ago, I've heard twice his listeners call in and promote my book and my work. And one of them went to the point of spelling my last name, and every time he's kind of poo-pooed it and brushed it off. But, okay, he's younger. I understand how people with blinders on. I understand how hard this is cerebrally to get across to people that aren't looking for answers okay you're just hitting them with this stuff and they think it's wacko okay and i understand all that it is wacko the way they've got this set up is brilliant okay it is and so anyway i quit listening to him i got some po'd i quit listening to him for about 10 years and uh, in that 10 years he grew up he's gotten a lot calmer if you can believe that uh, he's gotten a lot. He, he, he's gotten where he takes looks at things more maturely. He's got, he's very vocal about God and Jesus Christ. All right, but uh, some people just have a have a, a a penis erectus for the guy. Okay, I don't know any other way to say it. But yeah. I go back to the Bible and 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 use the 
the, the determining factor of you should know somebody by their fruits. Okay. That's right. And, and I, everybody's got shortcomings. All right. And he's got his too. Okay. But I'm not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater of some guy that people like, uh, General Flynn and, you know, all these notables, Robert Barnes, the attorneys on there all the time, uh, all these high profile, very credible people that are friends of his and sing his accolades. I just don't believe the guy's a shill. I don't believe he's out going and letting them take him to court, drag him through all this crap he's been through, hit him with a $50 million uh, fine that's, that's bogus, of course, just to prove he's a shill. I mean, just to keep his 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 identity as a informant or whatever undercover, that just doesn't make sense to me. Okay? So, yeah. Now, I haven't only found out about him. Uh, but, well, let me. Uh, I, I want to say this in ending that. There's an old saying out of the Middle East, Diane, that's yeah. that's always right. It's just always right. Okay. Do you know the one I'm speaking of? No. It says the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Oh, that's what Jeffrey Prather says. Well, that's where on- it comes from. The Middle East. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yes, and it that makes sense. Okay. Well, it's virtually never wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, uh, I appreciate Alex. I appreciate what he's doing. He's he's got his life on the line right now, literally, literally. I know. I you know I hear a lot. I mean, I'm I'm nobody. I'm just out here in Indiana, like in in you know out just out out in the co- kind of country city. But I thought, well, there's power in prayer. There's no distance in prayer, and I can at least I can do that, you know. Yeah. Well, I can, I got to tell you, Diane, and you're relatively new. I can yeah. go back over a litany of incidents that tell me and this goes all the way back to John and Glenn, okay, and things that have happened that I've heard about, and students like our good friend Gary. We don't see him too much because his work schedule changed. He can't join us, but. Uh, another student from Florida, and he, I asked because I asked people on here, "How'd you find us?" Right? And, he, and Gary goes, "I was praying for truth, and I stumbled on one of your videos." I've heard that more than once. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could tell you a couple of stories. Here's a story about John, my uh, my law teacher, a devout Mormon. Okay, and mm-hmm. when he was young, evidently in the Mormon religion, they have a like a bar mitzvah ceremony, a coming of age. Uh-huh. And so when young men get to that age, in, they do what's called a patriarchal blessing in the Mormon church. And the whoever the subject is goes in a room, and an elder comes into the room and lays hands on him and predicts his future. Okay, and When John went through his patriarchal blessing, the, the, the elder came in and put his hands on him. He said, men will come to you from northeast, west, and south to seek their freedom. Wow! Wow! Okay. Mm. Yeah. And there, you know, there's been a number of other ones. I I shouldn't be here. Um, I had a terrible, terrible accident. It was my fault in Argentina. There were six fatalities. Okay. I shouldn't live through that. But you have the guardian angel watching over you because it wasn't your time to go. Well, oh, I I had all this information. I was trying to get people to listen to me, and it was that accident that was the motivation that somebody gave me a shot with this information and I redoubled my efforts and got, and that's why we're here today. 
Okay. And I have thought about that many times. It's been, uh, what, 12 years since that happened. And, and and I've thought many times that the only reason I did live through that, because I shouldn't have, all right, literally, was because I knew this message and, and I'm the messenger to get it out. Nobody else understood it. Even John and Glenn did. Even John and Glenn didn't understand this when I explained it to him the first time. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So it is a divine project. I feel like there's other examples along the way. I won't burden you with the stories now, but uh, but that's the conclusion I came to a long time ago. Now, my my good friend Dr. Bart Flick, when I was last time in the states and I had a chance to spend a little time around him, we had lunch and we were talking about that. And Bart, very cerebral, Bart is, and uh, he said, "Well, often tragedy means new beginnings." I've never forgotten that because I applied it to that accident, and it was that tragedy. No, I I believe that. Okay, yes. that's opened up new beginnings. You know, you probably yes, and you probably if you were here, you know how in like the state of Indiana recently, you know somebody in the state they got in a horrible accident and they're dead, and somebody you know says, "Was it really an accident?" You know. And it's like, if you were here, you would probably, I don't know. I don't know if you'd be here if you were in the USA. Well, that's part of the reason that I left the country. There, there, it wasn't the only one. There was a number of different elements there. But I had seen what they did to John and Glenn, you know, where they yanked these guys off the street for not doing anything wrong but teaching this information and put them in federal prison for 15 and a half years. And I had I had a whole lot more on these bastards than they did. Okay. Well, look at the people. They've got people in prison that are innocent in the January sixth deal. Yep. They're they're yep. there rotten, and yep. it's you know it's, it's like you don't have any freedom to do anything really. Well, that that was part of my motivation to leave the country. It wasn't all of it. I I always wanted to live in a foreign country and. Uh, and had thoughts of that and, and I was, didn't have any encumbrances and I had the money. And, uh, so I said, hell, I'm actually the little voice came to me. Second time, the little voice came to me and I was sitting there. Obama was running and I was said, move back to Florida. Cause I knew I was moving somewhere. I didn't know where, and I wanted to get out of Atlanta. And I spent a few years down there at the family home with mom and, uh, sitting there one day and the little voice comes to me. And it goes, you need to get out. That's exactly what it said. You need to get out. So I shook my head, you know, like, where'd that come from? And uh, where would I go? I don't speak a foreign language, et cetera. I've never traveled internationally, et cetera, et cetera. And I kind of put it on the back burner. And a, a while later, I don't remember how many days, but a while later, it came again. And I've learned at that point in my life that when the little voice comes to you twice, you listen to it. You know, intuition, God, I don't know what you want to call it. But that's when I ended up moving to Argentina. And uh, interestingly enough, Diane, talk about God working. I'd never had a passport before, but I knew all this information. I had not been able to come to these conclusions because I didn't understand yet that all they're doing is changing labels on concepts. And our people chase label names, see, instead of concepts. That's why I preach that here, all right? And so I'd been quizzical. I understood kind of what was going on for the most part, but I'd never been able to pin it down because of that fact. So now 
I'm going to leave the country, I got to have a passport. Very reluctantly, I go to the post office and get an 11 and an 82. I come back home. I put my feet up on the desk. I start reading the 11. And at the top of the first page is the answer I've been looking for for 15 years. Wow. Okay. Another God thing. All right. Wow. Because I just got one. I haven't got mine sent in yet because you suggested to, after you send in the affidavit, affidavit saying that you're a national to wait because my current passport has still got two more years that's okay wait until you send this in well and i just say that wait there's a reason for that you know i tell you there's a reason behind everything i tell you guys okay and the reason for that is the incident that happened uh, i don't know six eight months ago from california with with the guy that had charges in the background that he thought had been dropped and he went ahead and applied with the passport and they picked up the charges of drunk driving in san jose california out there and they used that as the reason well two felony charges okay to as the reason to reject his passport application so they not only rejected his passport application, which means that the passport application didn't get processed, so the affidavit that was attached didn't get filed. Oh. And so they not only reject and they kept his money. So they not only rejected they not only rejected his application, he had an open passport and they revoked it. Oh my! Okay, wow. so Roger, then, I had a question. all Wait right, let me fin- let me finish this story for everybody, and we'll go to your questions. Okay, so that's where this came from the the wait twenty days because if he would have filed a naked affidavit and let it get into his administrative folder, theoretically that should have been there when the passport application arrived. And they charged him the rejection grounds were two sections of 27 CFR. That's BATF, for one thing, 27, and those are regulations. If you've got your passport in, those regulations don't apply to you anymore. Okay. Okay? So that's the reason, all right? Now, would they have still rejected it? I don't know. But I do know that if he had that other one in ahead of time, he's got some real good grounds for an administrative appeal. If he doesn't, he doesn't because his affidavit hadn't been filed and they apply. So that's why I've started having people send in a naked affidavit first, wait a, a, a length of time. I don't know how long it takes them bureaucratically internally to get it to the administrative records department and get filed. I have no idea. Okay. Well, I get my return card, then I know they have it. I haven't. Got well, that. I, well, okay. Here's what you got to look at. Saying that legally, the minute you put it and it's accepted by the post office, it's considered received, whether you get the return receipt back or not. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. So there's all these little nuances and things, and the statements that I make and the suggestions to you folks, I don't just pull them out of my sphincter muscle. There's a reason behind everything here, okay? I believe it. You've you've spent a lot of your time studying. I've spent half of my adult life studying this. Well, you're you're sharing your knowledge and your wisdom, and uh, I'm soaking it in like a dry sponge. Yes, you are. (laughs) Now, who was trying to say something there a minute ago? Had something to add? 
I was. Uh, thank you so much, Roger. First of all, God bless you enormously. You. You're, uh, you're like the new Moses. I'm flattered, but please don't <laughs> don't put me in those categories. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, I had a question related to that. Uh, what if there is a uh, potential indictment uh, uh, upcoming that's uncertain? Well, and, and there's, okay. there's this there's this statement of uh, what is it? Uh, try, uh, uh, no intent to evade any legal duty. Okay. What right. what is this is this personal situation or are you just hypothetical? Yes, yes it's a personal situation. Okay, yeah. what's the indictment for and what was the action that brought it? Uh it was uh uh an unconstitutional uh stopping for uh possession of medicinal plants. Um and basically it was a, it was a night in in a in a county prison after getting stopped by federal agents. Stop. Uh, Were they trailing you? Uh, no, it was at a checkpoint. A federal checkpoint? What state are you in? Uh, it was in Texas. A federal a federal roadblock checking for contraband or illegal aliens or just anything or they could? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. Well, and so you you had uh, you had some weed with you that you were growing and they caught you. Is that basically the synopsis here? Basically. Okay. Uh, when that happened, you'd not filed an affidavit. No. Well, when that happened, you were still in your old legal personality, and you were culpable under these regulatory schemes. Uh, so, yes. And I, okay. So filing this ex post facto after the fact, mm-hmm. I don't believe will have any effect on that. You're just, you know, my gut feeling is you'll have to deal with it. In other words, this, if that was happening when that legal personality and if they're generating paperwork to come charge you and stuff, filing an affidavit now and saying I'm a national, it, I don't think it's going to help you. It may, and I'm not saying don't try it, okay? But it's not going back before the incident, which is what would have, you'd have real firm grounds then, okay? Yeah. Now, I, I will tell you this. I had a call I don't know, a number of years ago, an email from another Patriot guy. And he had moved up to Diane. I think he was up in your area in Indiana. And uh, he said, the U.S. attorney's after me, and they're calling me a sovereign citizen. What do I do? I said, well, file an affidavit and go back and tell her you're a national. I never heard from him again. I don't know whether that means he went to jail or he just didn't follow up and tell me thanks. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I was also thinking that, you know, that whole incident was completely, uh, you know, unconstitutional, basically, in terms of pursuit of life. Well, it doesn't, it, you know, no, it was constitutional in the respect <laughs> that, thank, thank you, Bob, getting a chuckle out of Bob. It was, let's, let's use Bob's terminology, it was extra constitutional. Because you're, you're not under the Constitution. Out of your head. If you don't file the affidavit, the only part of the Constitution you've got access to is the 14th Amendment. But isn't that part of the whole fraud of the whole thing? Where Of course people- it is. Of course it is. Because I and thought it was a pretty been, good. Because you still think the Constitution applies. Well, exactly. Well, right? it doesn't. It, well, the only part of the Constitution that applies to citizens of the United States and residents is the Fourteenth Amendment. 
Now, if you get, see, even John Wells picked up on this Monday night. I was really surprised when he came out with this because I had not explained it. And he goes, oh, civil rights are only under the 14th Amendment and the federal government. They're not God-given rights under the Constitution. John Wells came up with that the other night. See, they dangle the Constitution in front of you because they can't come out and say you don't have access to it or they expose the fraud. Remember, you're, I don't know how old you are. Remember when women first started getting into the workforce, into corporations, and the big deal was to hire women and stuff, and they used to use the term the glass ceiling. That the, the, the women, they'd hire them and it'd look good in virtue signal, but they never could get above the glass ceiling into the boardroom. Okay, so there was a barrier there. You could see it, but you couldn't get it. That's the same thing that's going on here. They dangle that Constitution in front of you, but you can't access it because you don't have God-given rights that are protected by it. You've got civil rights that were given to you by the federal government in this status at birth. See the difference? Mm-hmm. Okay. This is why judges in the old days when in Patriots, we were real stupid back 30 years ago. <laughs> And uh, they'd go into court, get into a court situation. They'd bring up the Constitution in the court, and the, do- the judges say, don't bring that document up in this courtroom because it doesn't apply. Yeah, and, so, and, and that's, that's the interesting part of my situation, right, is this the, 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 the previous legal personality uh, is, the, is the main thing there. Yep. And you were a serf back then. You told them you were a serf every time you ever had, they ever asked you, and you hadn't filed this affidavit yet. So, unfortunately, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. It appears to me that they're Hey, Roger, I got in? Yes, who's that? Sorry? Hey, it's, it's Barney. Hey, could you file this affidavit nunk pro tunk and then go after him retroactively? Well, you could. I don't think you'll get any satisfaction out of it. Okay, 10-4. I mean, there's layers and layers and layers of fraud. You think you're going to get that into a court? Uh, Roger. Yes. Um, I think, uh, and I'm not giving legal advice or anything like that, but uh, I don't. Well, you can. You can filing. give. You've got an affidavit in. You can give legal advice, but <laughs> okay. Well. Um, I you don't give think, medical uh, advice filing, too. I don't think uh, filing an affidavit after the fact is going to help him. Uh, his best bet is he's going to have to concentrate on the uh, unconstitutionality of the stop in general, and there's a lot of yeah. information out there on it. Uh, if they had no right or or uh, probable cause to stop you to impede your travel in the first place then anything that they learned as a result of that stop is no you're you're gonna have to go back and do the research on that it might be a valid point I, I i don't know you know i don't know that it's not valid i just don't know how far you get with that but if you want to fight it try who and who are we talking to i don't know who we got your name oh brian brian where are you are you in, are you in texas or are you just were you traveling through texas when this happened no, I, w- I was traveling through uh, at the time doing van life, but now I'm based in New Mexico. Okay, you're in New Mexico? Where? Uh, in uh, near Gila. Okay. I used to live in Clovis when I was a kid. That's the reason I oh, asked. Oh, nice. 
Uh, Bob, you were trying to say something a minute ago besides extra constitutional, I'm sure. How you doing today? You didn't have anything to add besides that, or you got distracted in the meantime? Hi, Roger. Hello, there's a female. Oh, oh well, there's Daryl. Daryl, I'm going to put you on hold because the female, so just wait a second. Yes, sure. who was our lady that had said, hey, Roger? Hi, it's Anna. I'm in Massachusetts. Hi, Anna. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, I know. Um, so I um, I'm I'm new to the show, and um, I'm hoping to uh, dot my eyes and cross my t's today because I want to file my affidavit as soon as the show's done. I just want to make sure everything is um, in order. Okay. Um, let me see. I have. Uh, let's see. I have a. So the affidavit. Let me just pull that up real quick. Um, it's very short. Uh, I just I have the the date up in the corner. I have a, a big at, at, on the top. It says affidavit, and then um, it's verbatim off the document I got off okay. the website. Okay. The only the only change I I might I would suggest to you, okay, is instead of just saying affidavit at the top, yeah, put affidavit of citizenship evidence. Citizenship evidence. Okay, and the reason we use that term is that's the term the State Department uses internally to identify these. Okay, perfect. And um, basically, it's just two sentences. I was confused about one of the sentences. The uh, I declare under penalty of perjury under the laws of the United States of America that the foregoing is true and correct, executed on the date. It, does that belong in the affidavit? You could put it on. Yes, it does. It could either be in the body of one of your sentences or it could be at the bottom right above your signature. Either way, I don't think there's a wrong way to do it as long as you got the statement in there. Okay, perfect. And you know what? Yeah, let me. Oh, I'm going to go back. Do you know why we're doing it that way? It's for everybody else, all you new people. Okay. You can go into, I think it's 20, 28 CFR. Section 1746, I think. And in that are what they call a jurat. What you just read us is called the penalty of perjury clause. Yeah. Is legally, it's called a jurat, J-U-R-A-T, okay? And if you look at that section of the United States Code, you don't have to. I'm just telling you what's there. You can do it if you want to. But there's two jurats right there, two of them. And one of them is within the United States and the other is without the United States. And the within the United States says, I do. I swear under penalty of perjury of the United States of America. No, that's, that's okay, I'm getting screwed up. The first one is, I swear under penalty of perjury of the, United, the laws of the United States. The foregoing is true and correct. The second one, without, says, I swear under penalty of perjury on the laws of the United States of America. So once again, this is without the federal government's jurisdiction and within the federal jur- government's jurisdiction, and that's right in the United States Code. Okay, so that of America is the one we've got in all of our documents. Okay, yes, I saw that here in the um, in the filing instructions. Okay, uh, yeah, and are you in the Boston area? I'm about 45 minutes from Boston. Uh, if you'd like, I've got three real good students in the Boston area, Lewis, Skip, and Dell. And 
if you'd like, if you want to hook up with those folks, they'd l- probably love to have a female in their s- surroundings there. And yeah, absolutely. if you want to send me an email, that just say Anna from Boston, and I'll copy those guys and put you in touch with them, okay? Oh, yeah, definitely. Will do. Okay. Um, so at the bottom, I just have my name with the last four digits of my social. Is uh, well, let's let's go back and analyze. And again, everything we do has got a reason behind it. Is your name common? Um, I'm sure there's a few of us out there. Okay, well, then you'd want to make sure that they get your affidavit in the right Anna's folder, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you got two options here. Probably the best one is, do you have a passport expired or open? It's open. Okay, we'll use the passport number underneath your name. U.S. passport and the passport number, and they can identify you that way. If somebody doesn't have an expired or existing passport, we suggest they put the place of birth, the date of birth, and the last four digits of their social on there. Okay. All right. Um, And it's strictly so they route it to the correct folder for the correct person. Okay. Um, so is that all I need in my affidavit? Yes, ma'am. Do you have the two paragraphs? Do you have the IRS paragraph in there? Uh, no, I, I wasn't going to send that in today. Um, well, now the, well, I put the IRS paragraph in the master sample affidavit for people that want to put the IRS on notice afterwards. And, okay. So. And get out of their little scam. Okay. And so that second paragraph on the sample deals strictly with IRS, and it's strictly put in there for them. Bunch of damn thugs. Hey, Roger. You could put another affidavit in later for that, too, couldn't you? You could. You could. Yeah, You can always supersede. You can put an affidavit and tell them you want to go back and be a serf if you want to. Yeah, I'd rather not. Oh, I'm sure. Okay. but you. But I'm saying this is switchable. This is your choice. You can change those statuses at any time. And anytime if you got an affidavit in, you feel like you got to add something, just do one. They used to use a wonderful term when I was with Pitney Bowes. And they used this term, if you had an order and something changed, you'd put in a new order. And at the top of the new order, you'd put cancel and supersede. It cancels the previous one and it supersedes it. Right. Okay. Yep. All right. So, what else, Anna? Uh, I got my cover letter. Um, is it at the top? I have to the head of administrative records. Is yeah. That that, well, you, you administrative records department. Either one. Records. Okay. Let me just add that department. Um, and then at, at the top, it's, uh, it just says cover letter again with a date in the corner. Right. And this is just one sentence. Please find my notarized citizen evidence enclosed. Please place this citizen evidence firmly and permanently in my administrative file. Sounds like good instructions to me. And do, do I need anything else on that? No, letter? no. Not I used to, I used to tell people to put hugs and kisses, Anna, but <laughs> Paul did that and they sent it back to him. So you know, be straight with them. Do I need a, a name on my cover letter, or should I? Put uh, you you might want to put your name and address and everything. Okay, okay perfect. Just so they can go back and they got records of it, they'll probably put the cover letter in your administrative file too. Okay, perfect. Okay. Now, Anna, hold on a second. I want to ask Anna. Where did you find us, Anna? Um. So it's funny story. Um. 
So uh, one of my friends back in March sent me a clip of David Strait. And he's like, I, you know, I don't know who this guy is, but I think you might like this information. And um, I listened to it. And there, it, it just it just hit me. I'm, it's like instant resonance. I'm like, this is information I need to know. So I, I listened to a few workshops. Um, and then a few weeks later, he was doing a workshop in Atlanta. So I signed up to attend virtually. And I did the three days. It was right around Easter. And I was so disheartened afterward. I was so confused. And I found him you know, pretty arrogant and kind of full of himself. And I, I was just lost. I was so I, I put it on the back burner, and then um, a few weeks later, I got an email in my inbox with these uh, other two guys who have a course between like legal and law, and it was very interesting. It's a ten-week course, ten modules. You do one every week, and uh, it was very it, a lot of spiritual stuff with that too. I'm, I'm glad I did the course. But then I want to say maybe two weeks later, I found you on, I don't know the gentleman's name. He's on Sons of Liberty. He's got a- Oh, Tim, Tim Brown. Tim Brown. Tim Brown, is that his name? Yeah. So he's a very godly man. Yes, he is. And um, and again, that, that resonance hit me right away. And then he had you again a couple days later. I heard that one. And then I sent you an email. And uh, I've been listening to your show for maybe- week now so. okay well we're glad to have you glad to have thank you, you. I, i've learned so much thank you so much well i think you know that again i would tell you mm-hmm. in the audience i'll get you in a second daryl that, that you know the only reason i've had the success i've had and understand this the way i do is because a gentleman named john w benson who studied law his whole life not in law school but on his own and knew all this old stuff that they just don't teach in law schools anymore and haven't for many 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 decades They've been in control of the master organization over all colleges and American law schools and colleges at least since the 1920s. Okay? And they've been in total control of that organization. And in that respect, you can imagine that they've affected every school that's curriculum that teaches law. And the analogy I use, Ann, is this. Remember in the old Western days when the Indian scouts would scout the cavalry? And they'd sneak up over the hill and they'd see Custer and his men over there. And then they went back to give a report and they'd turn around backwards and back out with a stick and brush over their footprints. And that's what these guys do. They're really good. Okay. They're clever. Yeah. They're real good. Daryl, well, you're chomping at the bit to say something. How are you this morning? I'm, I'm doing really good. Uh, it stopped raining here for at least an hour. Good. <clears throat> so uh, there's a there's a really this gentleman you were talking about earlier to earlier about the uh, expo facto and Brian. his uh, marijuana charge. Yeah, Brian. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, he uh, is there's a really important uh, teaching moment here. The uh, legal legal court system that oversees the public policies uh, is not interested in truth. Truth is irrelevant. Uh, as a matter of fact, this might come as a surprise to uh, some people listening here, but 
the facts don't have to be the truth. They just have to be the facts. So believing, hoping, thinking that you can provide truth to overcome the facts, well, there's a lot of people that have suffered the consequences of that mistake. Uh, this is one of these moments where we, we miss Chris, but I'll do my best. Um, so the, 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 the system that you're in and under that jurisdiction seeks to punish those who transgress their legal system. Uh, they justify this because these are the things that keep their society together. Their society, their society together. Uh, the, the court's realm is not about truth. It's about legal remedy. Now, this, this brings up something, another extremely important separation that you need to really understand. Justice cannot be had in their system. doesn't exist. It's an equivocated term, like law. They, their law is, and it's, it is their law, but it's a legal law. The, the law of, of what you would call God-given rights, God-given constitutional law, if you will, is justice because in justice the perpetrator the offender the abuser after going through the rigors of a contest in a court of his peers or her peers is then uh, receives the consequences and that might that might involve incarceration it might mean that they have to uh, reimburse the offended party. But that's a, that reimbursement, uh, those consequences are physical and real and go to the, uh, uh, the, the victim or the, uh, the offended party. That's justice. In the legal system, they get the proceeds <laughs> and that's their remedy. Justice is different than remedy. You cannot get justice in their system, only remedy, because it operates in, in the commercial. And there is no justice in the commercial. There's only remedy. How does, how does Pfizer and all these uh, – pick take your pick. How do they, uh, how do they get fined uh, hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars, and nobody ever, ever experiences any consequences physically or to themselves? They don't go to jail. They don't. They don't have to personally refund or um, provide compensation to their victims. Okay. So this, these things are, I think, really important, Roger, yeah. uh, and it, because it, it ties another knot of the equivocation. Let so, me let me bring what Brent, let, me, let me let right. me bring some of Brent's simplicity in here to address what you're saying. There's two groups of law. The law of the land and the law of the city. The law of the land is a common law, and it stands alone there. The law of the city combines all the other bodies of law in the world because they're all based on the Babylonian merchant code. Okay, and and Brent, he's so good at boiling these things down. 
and like you said the law of the city is all they care about is outcome and they tailor the process to achieve the outcome exactly what daryl's saying in the common law it's the process that has to be correct and is accentuated and if you follow the process correctly the outcome will be correct so there's your difference yeah they concentrate on outcome we concentrate on process does that make sense to you guys yeah, well it makes roger it makes perfect sense i haven't heard it said here for a while so actually for quite some time and it it, it dovetails in with the this subject matter in that uh, um in, in the uh the premise of the Constitution was that we use public laws, right. common law, yes. constitutional law, for private matters. Public law for private matters. The inversion now is that we're using private, private law, law yep. for public purpose, the public policies. And this, so there's a flip, and they are inverted. They are complete inversions of each other correct and uh i I just think it's really important i hadn't thought thought about that i hadn't thought about that in a long time and you're right it hadn't been brought up because i hadn't thought about it but that's a really really good way to put this forward common law is public law for private purposes their law is private law merchant law for public purposes it's a total inversion exactly like daryl said that make sense to you guys your new people some of these you know these are real basic concepts that you need to internalize and understand because it'll give you a way to differentiate the two and identify them easily more easily speaking of the inversion there was a police officer who was evoking the article 92 from the ucmj which is following a lawful command and he used that in the street and that he can't evoke that because it's the ucmj yeah. So who was who was invoking it? A police officer? Yeah, they pulled this guy over and they said we're going to go ahead and give him a uh, failure to uh, obey a lawful command. Well, that's the UCMJ. There's there's no unless they're a uh, an ID a contact and ID state. You don't have to do nothing. Okay. Uh, you know the first thing that hit me when you said that is martial law. Exactly, and a lot of these officers aren't aren't um, <clears throat> aren't versed in not using that because they don't know. Well, I don't want to hire them unless they got a sub hundred IQ, for God's sakes. Roger. Yes. This is Daniel. Hey, Dan. Um, Anna. In regards to Anna, there's one more um, clause that we should talk about, and that's notice to agent is notice well that she's just she's just talking about sending to the secretary of state she's not talking about putting their local people on notice yet oh i thought you did that for secretary of state too no no reason well you could if you wanted to but you could if you wanted to so did we get brian taken care of does he have any more questions i thought i think we did brian did we get you taken care of son yeah, I mean, uh, there's obviously still some more uh, <laughs> work to do. Uh, obviously. Uh, yeah, but I, I appreciate it, and it is helpful. Um, yeah, I had a kind of a feeling. I was I was curious, you know, because uh, I had, a, you know, the concept of the retroactive yeah. kind of 
this. So there's uh, there's definitely still more work to do, um, but it's getting there. Okay. <laughs> and I really appreciate it. To, okay. To well, it. I wish we had a more definitive answer. I wish I could tell you, yeah, file it, and it takes care of everything you've ever done in your life, but that's just not the case. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, and, and that makes sense. Uh, I, w- I was thinking, you know, basically once it was filed, uh, you know, how can they – you know, if they're if it were to get to a point of charges, how could they even do that? Because you were because you were in a in, in when the charges and the incident happened, you were in that legal personality. Yeah, but wouldn't they not want to even deal with that in the first? Well, place? now that's a, that's a very good question. See, and I've maintained for a long time that these people are scared to hell of this. Okay, yeah. and and so are they going to take that if that's been filed and you bring it up? Are they going to continue to prosecute with a chance of that affidavit and this information being brought up in some type of a forum? And that's the unknown. Yeah, because I, I was basically going to submit it kind of uh, a priori. You know, nothing's happened. It's been a couple of years. There's still some time on the statute of limitations. And it might, you know, that that, that those could have been extended with all the COVID shenanigans. I, I, that seems to be so minor that it, I, I don't I don't know if it's been a couple of years since that happened. Yes. Yeah. I, they, they, yeah. That may just be in the, in the round file somewhere. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's the case. And I was just, you know, wanted to dot my I's and cross the T's, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand. I understand. It sounds like if it's been a couple of years, you're probably uh, hold on. It sounds like if it's been a couple of years, you're in the clear to me. But that may not be the case. These people are notoriously slow. But that may that may be a good a good sign for you. Charlie, what did you have to say, sweetie? Well, it's for Brian. Um, Brian, I don't know where this happened in Texas, but just out of curiosity, did it happen um, about a hundred hundred? Miles from the Mexico border? Uh, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. Yeah, near El Paso. I okay, think. because, yeah, there's probably other people that could fill in what I'm going to tell you. Um, but I had seen um, a couple years ago where basically um, there is a 100-mile buffer zone all around the United States where the federal government claims they could do federal stops. So if that's the case, you might want to look at that i don't want to say the word unconstitutional but um (laughs) uh, i know there's been a lot of people that have attempted to uh fight that so maybe just doing some research on that and then going to a good law library if i may one more point if i um can get this in um not that i have any um satisfaction in talking about Tim Turner, but I know that is something that you bring up. Um, I'm sure you're aware the Southern Poverty Law Center in Alabama has been responsible for getting that that, uh, moniker out there, um, unjustifiable. But really who, who came up with that within the Southern Poverty Law Center was due to the, um, acts of um, a man by the name of William Potter Gale, and I know he died in 1988. So Southern Poverty Law Center was all over that nonsense, and um, they couldn't resist um, disparaging um, the John Birch Society. I'm not a fan of the John Birch Society either. Um, but 
that he came out of the John Birch Society and he was anti-government and anti-Semitic. So if anyone wants to do the research, I really would ask that people look at, um, there's about three articles on SPLC, okay? But they're a big one for pushing anyone that is... um, Pro, um, you know, uh, self-determination. Sure. Well, they're a a Mossad. They're a a division of the Mossad in Montgomery, Alabama. That's what they are. Without a doubt, I yield. Okay. What what they're talking about is a constitution-free zone. It's a uh, 100-mile buffer all the way. Yeah, there was a court case that just got done that... uh, the feds have 100% control on the 100-mile buffer. Okay. That's yeah, been a while. Remember Cody ran into that? He oh, was on here about it. Right, They right. took his phone. Yeah, they way increased the uh, number of uh, agents, you know, and increased the buffer zone there to 100 miles. So. By the way, I, I, I refer to that bunch in Montgomery as the sodomy pedophile larceny center because yeah, that's exactly well, what they are. Her, uh, Admiral Harry Cooper refers to him as spit liquor, so so do I. Okay. Well, one more point, Roger. For Brian. All right, hold on. One more point All right, for female, hold on. We got one more point for Brian. Go ahead. One more point for Brian. Residency is a rebuttable presumption. Uh, look into that. And uh, just look into. Uh, well, that's oh, not going to help him. That's not going to help him from something that happened years ago. Okay. Well, if they do, if they do move, uh, he can file uh, an affidavit rebutting it, it, the residency it, uh, as it as it was a false presumption at that time. Okay, uh, you know, it's been a couple of years. I doubt if they're going to come after him for something as trivial as a couple of plants at this stage. Okay. Yeah, might, might be wrong, but it seems yeah. like that's the way it goes. Who was the lady that was trying to say something a second ago? This is Judy. I've tried like five times to get in. I know. It's a different um, Someone, I know. Uh, I missed the first hour, but when I logged on, I had scrolled through the the chat thing, and some I don't remember who it was, had a question about how to go about getting the notary when you're filing the affidavit for a minor. So can you go over that a little well, in general? I, well, I, I don't know. How to, that I, have I, I don't know how to do that. Okay. I don't, I, that, that's all again, relatively new because the baby Cyrus situation in Idaho made us rethink right. this. Uh, I'm not totally sure. I mean, you, the minor can't sign. So the notary would have to be the mom or the dad or the mom and the dad signing in because they're responsible like, for the minor child. Okay. There's another way to deal with this. I was thinking in the medical. Go ahead. I was thinking in the medical and like a doctor's office, the parent or guardian signs for the minor as a responsible party for the minor child. And so I was thinking that would be the approach on the affidavit that it's notified or it's um, indicated on the on the signature that you are the parent or legal guardian for Correct. the minor child. Correct. And you would do the process the same as you would in a doctor's office okay. is my thought. Well, let's throw a couple of wrinkles in here. It doesn't have to be in affidavit form. 
it can be a simple declaration. That's point A. Point B is two witnesses substitute for a notary. So you don't have right. to go to a notary, just get two witnesses to witness your signature, and it stands as the same thing. So it doesn't have to be an affidavit, and if you don't want to go to a notary, you can do the same thing with two witnesses. So there's and a couple of options, okay? I think they're supposed to know you for two years. Could have been. I, I don't know the specifics on that. Okay. I don't either. Okay, but that that would okay. Be I just want, thought of that and wanted to bring it up for everyone. Okay. All right, I don't think if you want to go get it notary, I'm sure the notar notarizing the notary would would just accept because that's a minor child. They can't enter into any kind of a contract, and you, you're the parent or the guardian. I think you, the mom or the dad, and uh, or the mom and the dad, and get them to sign. And I'm sure the notary the notary would probably know what to do. Ask them. Yeah, Merkin has done some of this, I think. Could be. It's another another new wrinkle. You know, the baby yeah. Cyrus situation and the fact that CPS is evidently getting real active around the country. I just added the Telegram group. If people want to get on there, I have an affidavit for a child on the Telegram group. And I can share what Mer I did with Merka. Why don't you promote? Why don't you promote your Telegram group? How can how can people access it? Sorry, I need. Okay, um, I I just posted the link in the chat room. It's just a, a Telegram group okay. for all of us. Right, there. right. Well, I wanted you to promote it because I forget to. So you're on, and that's why I was doing that. Merka put yeah. the link to the Telegram group in there. She's got a Telegram group that deals with all this stuff, and you can access that group by accessing the link in the chat, and I'll bet you Mer has probably placed it over in the Chitango chat too. Yeah. Okay. So Perfect. who else has got questions or comments? What's the te What's the Telegram What's the telegram link? Uh, do you are you on? Are, do you use Telegram? Mark. Okay, well, it's no, a, but I know somebody it does. Okay, well, it's a communication program, and that link will put you straight into the group on, that she put into the chat. No, what what's her what's her site? What's her site? It's not, a, it's, not a, it's not a site. It's a group inside Telegram. I know, but I. Had, what do you access if Merka can tell that, you, how that the can link get into when her. you when you click the link it puts you right What's into the, name the group. Of page? What's the, it's the not name a page. page. What's the name of the group, Merka? It's called National Status Freedom. Okay, repeat that again a little bit slower. National Status Freedom. And that's with spaces between the words, right? Yes, they can just put um or you or they can just put at national status freedom altogether and they'll find it. Okay, national status freedom. Just go to Telegram and put in the search national status freedom and it ought to bring it up too or use the link that uh Merker's provided for everybody. Roger? Yes, sir. Hey Dan. I have a question about this child thing. Wouldn't they have to after they turn eighteen do it themselves? Yes. Okay. And that's why I say with your minor children, you can do this for them, but the main thing you need to do is start educating them. 
So when they do turn yeah. 18, uh, they'll make the right decision. Yes. Daryl, is that you again? There's a – yeah, it's, sorry I had to jump off there. I had a phone call. Uh, on this on this child protective custody and all this uh, equity-based child stuff, there's uh, a concept that's germane to the conversation. It's under the uh, idea of law of called parents patriae. Right. If, if the uh, – if if people haven't and uh, so this is this is uh, basically the the parent of the fatherland and the parent in this case uh, is uh, the state and uh, they can intervene uh, take action that you think is uh, outside of their scope for review and prerogative but it, it goes back to the are you ready for this the public charitable trust. <laughs> there you go. Or back to the public again. Yes. The public charitable trust. They do it under, and this is canon law. This is canon. Canon, Rome, civil. Canon law, parents, patriae. Uh, and uh, the, the people that are on here on this subject, on this topic, uh, might spend a little time online with that, that idea and that concept. So, yeah. I yield. And it's probably a good idea for anybody that has minor children that wants to file their national affidavit to do it for them, too, because I'm just saying there's a chance. If they ever wanted to screw with you and you didn't have your children out of that, they could come screw with your children even though you're nationals. Okay? I've just That's just a, a possibility, you know a wrinkle that you can find in this and a reason that people with children, minor children, want to do this for them. Okay, now, also on Judy on the minor children, you can also get get their affidavit, take them to the state driver's license division, whatever state you're in, and get them a state-issued ID and present the affidavit when you're going through the process, and that'll be scanned into the state database and associated with the ID that your child's got. Okay, just a suggestion. I got, I got a passport for my daughter. Oh, oh, I can't understand you. Somebody's got a mic open. Start again. Roger, it's Marka. Um, I got a passport for my daughter when she was young. Right. Um, I think she was like four. I don't know. Um, but I, I, that's what I used. I never got her an ID. Um, and, and I was going to go get her when, when you suggested it, but I was able to use the passport, so... Okay, so um, just, just a suggestion for people, you know, and the reason I know about that is because I had to go get one, the first affidavit I ever filed, because I didn't have a picture ID, I didn't have a driver's, I had one, I didn't want to present it, because I knew it represented residency, so I, it says in the instructions, you can bring someone with you that's known you for two years, if they've got an ID, and I brought this girl I knew, and and uh, the, the guy was a real prick, and he goes, it says, he looked in his book, he said, it says here I don't have to accept that. I can make you go get an ID. That was her suggestion, and we just popped a couple of blocks away, went through the process. I put my affidavit on the counter. The gal's asking me the questions while she's scanning it in. There's five pages, okay? And are you a resident? No. Are you a citizen of the United States? No. Other questions, where do you live, etc. And then she says, that'll be $4, Mr. Sales. Stand over and get your picture taken. And that was a real seminal moment for me in this whole process 
because what came to my mind was I said, I'll be damned. Just like John said, it's all voluntary. So, Roger, what is it that you didn't want to use because you said it established residency? Driver's license. They won't issue a state-issued driver's license unless you're a resident. Correct. So are you saying uh, that we shouldn't use those when we do our passport? You know, this was many years ago, okay? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, telling you what went through my mind okay. at that point, okay? So so is it your, would you say it's so it's not a problem or not an issue to use a driver's license for your photo well, ID for a passport then? Well, evidently not. I'm sure people use it. And really, my my problem at that point was I didn't, I had just stumbled onto this stuff and I was putting that affidavit in with a passport application on a wing and a prayer. Okay. All right. And, and so like I was, I past. was aware of anything that might screw it up. So that's right. why I didn't want to do that. Now we like know you, it's a lot different. We got people that have CDLs that have filed their affidavit, and we understand the difference between traveling and driving. And I didn't take all that into account back then. This was in like two thousand. This was in two thousand seven. Cool, gotcha, gotcha. And like you, like you've been saying here right along, um, the the affidavit trumps everything anyway. So you know what I mean as far as someone trying to claim that you're re-contracting or whatever well here's the problem people think that because you do that it negates the affidavit and that's not a fact okay all right so uh right here at the tail end of the show anybody got anything they wanted to bring forward while we got a couple of minutes left hey rod hey alan Hey, how you doing, sir? You know, I had an email from somebody the other night that's over on the other side of the state from you. And they're yep. going, do we have anybody in Georgia close to us? And I went, well, got Alan over in Dallas. I got Harvey up in Tunnel Hill. And outside of that, no. <laughs> so I hadn't heard back from them, so it must have been too far. Yeah, may have been. Uh, uh, you said on there earlier that uh, now that you've uh, – Turned in your affidavit, and you have your freedom. You regained your uh, constitutional rights, or well, if I said that, I'm wrong. Or God, get constitutional well, I mean, well, protections is what you regain. Right, right. You're 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 back to your original status, but at the same time, you say you can have your remedies, but how are you supposed to use them? What are, what what are they going to do for you? Where do you use your remedies now? State state court. Why would you do that? That's because still all pro- all property law is state law, and states have access to the common law, and the feds don't. Erie Railroads versus Tompkins in 1948 said there is no more com- federal common law, but there is common law in the states. Yeah, you have common law, so why do you not use common law? Why would you go through their court? Why wouldn't you just use your court in common law? to do what you need to do well i know that in georgia specifically because our friend tom schramm pioneered this for years of trying to get through it says in georgia that the common law still exists okay and it does in all states yeah. because all property law is state law and common law is when you're injuring someone some other property one of the elements of their injured party so i mean i don't know the answer to the question alan i just know that states states still have common law you might not get them to yeah. recognize it easily, but they got it. 
they don't recognize it. It's what you have to well, do yourself. You have to put the, you have to just like the fellow that was on there earlier. He he needs to convert himself to a plaintiff and file a countersuit or counter complaint and lay all of his stuff out. And and in doing that, he's able to put his uh, affidavit into his court into his case you, because he's going to the whole thing up. You could as a moving can, as a moving party, you could attach that as part of the paperwork your lawsuit. I agree right. with you. Right, and he would have a lawsuit against them then, but he needs a counter complaint. He needs to convert himself from a defendant to a to a plaintiff. Well, because if it's been a couple, of, if it's been a couple of years under the bridge and something that minor, I think you need to just let it lie and and just you know they got plenty of things going on without going after somebody's got a couple of plants. Roger, yeah. what was the name of that federal case? Erie, 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 Erie Railroads v. Tompkins. Okay, thank you. Oh, well, let me get this music turned down here. And Okay, well, we're about finished with today's show. Where are you? Ah, okay. We're about finished for the day, and uh, I'm not sure what's going on after us, so I guess in the second we'll just sign off and see what comes up. Uh, I'm here, Roger. Oh, there's Jimbo. Okay. Well, I'm going to hand it off to Jimbo here in a second, and uh, we're going to let him do his thing over there. So I hope you all got something out of today. Hopefully my voice will be a little bit stronger tomorrow. And have a good day, and I'll uh, talk to you all then. Thank you, Roger. Okay, my pleasure. Anna, send me an email. I'll put you in touch with that Boston Bunch up there, okay? Already did, Roger. All right. Well, they're real nice folks. You'll like them, okay? Awesome. Yep. Thank you for everything, all the good information and your kindness. Oh, you're very welcome. I just try and do my duty, you know, and and, uh, this is my life is doing this. Uh, When I'm not with you guys, I'm thinking about it, okay? I mean, whatever I'm doing, I'm thinking about all this stuff constantly. It never leaves my mind very long or for very long length of time. Okay, so uh, I'll see y'all tomorrow, and we'll see uh, how we develop and go forward here. So uh, lay your body. Day, Thank you very much. I hope so. It's not. I don't have a whole bunch of other stuff to do today, so it's a blessing. I'm gonna turn it over to Jimmy.